0: We are here again for yet another podcast. I am super thrilled to have Alison Rothstein with me. She's here with Recovered Hearts. But before we begin, I want to make sure to give you guys our disclosure. This podcast is just based on our tips, our advice, our suggestions, and our opinions built upon most likely our experience, our education, and training. We are not doctors, licensed nutritionists, or dietitians. But Allison, I I read on your Facebook page what you're all about, what you're passionate about, and I was like, I've got to connect with you and do a podcast. So let us know more about you.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I was very honored to be asked to be on here. So I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so Recovered Hearts, I founded it... Um, because I just felt like I needed to bring my expertise, my experiences um, with eating disorders to, to anyone I could help. Um, I struggled for 17 years with bulimia. Um, So from high school to college, to a career, to a family, to, you know, to having kids, it all, it was with me. So I understand and I can, I just, my heart goes out to all those people who are, are, handcuffed to an eating disorder. Cause it can be such, it feels like a life sentence and I want to do everything I can to walk with them through this journey hand in hand and just, and be able to help them um, get that mindset shift and the changes that need to happen inside of yourself, um, mind, body, and spirit, just have that align to overcome an, any eating disorders.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. You're, I love what you're passionate about. I love that you're being authentic and you're telling your story because by telling your story, people that maybe are struggling in silence can find you as relatable and will reach out to you because you well, know they're gonna say, hey, this is my secret. You know, what, How did you get through this? And I'm sure that that's what you, you specialize right. in, right?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head with secret, because like, Mm -hmm. it is it's such a secret. And, um, you know, some eating disorders binge eating disorder and bulimia are a little more secret. Mm -hmm. Anorexia is a little more obvious. But either way, it's, it's a, you know, self shaming um, disease that people don't, you know, you don't think of it as a disease, you just think of it as a, a mental block or, you know, people, people would tell me, well, just stop throwing up. You know, it's like, it's not like that. Or, you know, to some of my clients, people have said, you know, just start eating if you, you know, with anorexia. It's like, no, it's not, it's not that easy or everyone would do that. So just figuring out the blocks and the coping mechanisms and the triggers so that we can walk through it and and really just get it, get it out there in the open um, because it's so freeing and releasing when you can when you can share it with someone who's trustworthy and and understands it's just a it's a whole different ball game.
0: Well bless your heart. I you know, reading about you, you know, you're you're telling everybody like look, this is what happened. This is what I've been through and you've made it through and you're you're doing incredible. You're helping others. And based on what I know about you, you've it was a 17-year journey, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean a journey Journey is a good way to put it because you you just think like and in high school you're like oh once I get to college you'll you just feel like you're going to grow out of it you know and I've got fifty mid fifty year old clients who are who are struggling and they even they have said like oh I just feel like I'll grow out of it it's like well you know you're fifty five right now like it's probably you're not going to just grow out of it we need to talk about some things and and realign realign some things so yeah every case is different so that's the that's the um I don't know what the word would be but the uniqueness of it and so that's kind of where I like I want to just meet people right where they're at hear their story hear their um hear their triggers hear hear what is going on in their heart and in their minds so that we can so I can meet them right there and then we can go from there. So some people are farther down than others.
0: And not only do you work with individuals, but you're willing and able to be a speaker and, and speak to groups. Is that right?
1: Yep. Um, mops groups or sports teams. Um, for me, uh, when I was in high school, a lot of things triggered back to my basketball days. Um, Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of things that, that happened that, triggered me to use my symptoms more when I was when I was playing basketball and it actually spiraled you know I thought I was in control of things and that helped me but actually it it was a detriment to my to my playing time and to my abilities to actually be uh, a good figure in the behind my basketball team I, it was. A, I probably would have played in college, but I wasn't in any mental capacity or physical capacity to do that.
0: So. You, know, I, you you mentioned a great point um, about a trigger or a starting point. Um, I don't know a lot about eating disorders, so for me, this was you know I, one of the reasons why I was excited to have you on, yeah. but you know what I envision and what I think when I hear of an eating disorder and I think of young individuals girls or boys but because I, I know for a fact that boys go through it with wrestling you know they have all that pressure to weigh in at a certain weight and that can create you know an eating disorder without even realizing it because um, I've heard of you know crazy things like spitting in a cup and doing these different things but I can imagine the pressures on girls is, is probably as much or greater with sports teams and requirements and having to be you know a certain way or just the peer pressures but what are some examples that you've seen or heard that is kind of like the start of an eating disorder at a at a teenage level
1: um well i think i mean like you you're right so wrestling for boys gymnastics for girls um dance classes for girls i i know For a fact that i know a gal who uh, i'm working with who was a she was in dance and luckily she was mature enough to realize it wasn't it wasn't um true it wasn't suiting her well it wasn't Mm -hmm. good for her so she actually stopped dance because she felt the pressures that she was putting on herself Mm -hmm. to stay thin and to so that she could you know look the part and even feel like she could act the part but in reality, even like cross country runners, they think the thinner that they are, the faster they're going to be. Mm-hmm. In reality, they need to fuel their bodies to go out and and run daily. You know that do their practices daily and their meets on the weekends. And I mean, they need to fuel themselves, but they they think that fueling themselves with food is going to be. They don't see food as energy. They just count. They just see the calories and the word fat. You know, instead of it's too bad that the word "fat" is an adjective or is a noun and a verb. You know, like yeah. to, right. To, or, you know, it should just be, or I mean, not a verb, an adjective, but yeah. um, and you know, it should just be like you need fat. You need all mm-hmm. kinds of different fats, and it, so that was one thing that I definitely know is that people steer clear from fats and carbohydrates and and those kinds of things so
0: which is you know i work with a lot of clients and and all of mine are over 18 but um i do think that it is interesting that our country focuses on uh the food pyramid still. um but the thing is is there's there's a lack of education there you're right people right now with the diet fads and so forth so forth like that everybody sees carbs as bad but carbs are the body's favored uh, fuel source. So it is about eating the correct carbs, the correct amount at the correct time. And none of that education is done in the school level or at homes, um, through the families. There's so much confusion and so much wrong information out there. And you're right, you know, um, a lot of adults that I work with don't understand Right. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. And I wish that the education would shift and change, but, um, I don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon. It's just these diet fads and these companies that are making so much money off of, you know, these wraps and creams and pills and, you know, <laughs> um, supplements and so forth like that. But, you know, in, yeah. in all my clients know I'll save food first, even though I am, um a legionnaire, and I love first form products, but I will always tell you over and over again food first and I eat a lot. I eat all day long uh, in order to keep my uh, leanness so I can compete but uh, it is it, there is so much misunderstanding about food, and you're right, food is fuel and it really needs to be viewed that way. but you know all these fast food chains are you know showing you know fast food and and cheap and all this food is super cheap and fast and you can get it um, but you know reality is is we need to be eating quality food a variety of food throughout the day so we have you know a flood of different macro and micronutrients coming into our body but you know we just don't know and and it's education um you know these young athletes could have incredible bodies and have An amazing amount of fuel if they knew what to eat, how much, and when. Um, So just, it breaks my heart to hear that. Um, But it is, it's all this marketing. You know, you drive down the road, you got these billboards and on social media, you've got all these beautiful pictures and, you know, fast food on every corner. It's just so convenient and cheap and easy. Um, That's where it goes.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, I, I mean, you look up the definition of calories and it's a unit of energy. It's not, it's not fat. It's not going to evil. It's not evil. Yeah. We want energy. Right. And yeah. So, um, so I, and those diet, those fad diets, all of it is so bad for anybody, even if they don't necessarily have an eating disorder. Um, you know, it's about balance. It's about knowing the the good fat from the bad fat and that you know that there isn't a bad food it's just you know you just have to stay in moderation and yeah so yeah I agree that's that's a lot of good points
0: yeah yeah Uh, you know it is it's just it's education it's knowing how the body functions knowing the science knowing you know and a lot of it is is learning how to prepare your foods and thinking ahead all the time but um, you know, you you brought up some some valid points, and um, so yeah, I know you mentioned MOPS. Can you explain what MOPS is? Oh, not...
1: sure. It's it's mothers of preschoolers. Oh. Um, so it's a national or international um group that meets um every other week or something like that. But yeah, it's so it's moms, and and a lot of times, um, moms are are struggling in silence because they're supposed to be this perfect, um, you know. I, I was very, I was probably more ashamed of my eating disorder when I was a mom because I, I mean, it, it didn't go away just because I was pregnant. Like I knew that my kids, I knew that my babies needed my, they needed energy, but in my mind I was able to justify it like, oh, the baby will get what they need. Cause mm-hmm. that's what I was told the baby will get what they need. Um, it was just me not getting what I needed you know and like that was the start of moms putting kids first right like putting themselves on the back burner right. but yeah so moms are really great because typically if they're if they're struggling in silence they're they're looking at they're at a place where they do want help they don't want to they i that was um what what shifted my um desire to be in this eating disorder anymore was I looked at my kids and I was like, I want to be around for them. I, cause I had a heart, I had a heart palpitation that, that God placed in me so that I would be able to look or, you know, so I would be able to open my eyes and look around at what I was doing to my body. And so I looked at my kids and I was like, no, I'm done. This is it. This is so dumb. This is, you know, at a point where I need to just take, take control of myself and, um yeah so that was that was where it started with me so hence recovered hearts like the heart was Mm. uh, the recovered is the recovered is the end point where we want everyone to end up getting and then the heart is where you know it needs to kind of start from so so
0: so that was the change that was the shift in your life when you had that heart palpitation
1: yep Yep. and then i did some work to because usually almost always an eating disorder goes back to like childhood.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't
1: just wake up one day and think you need, you know, you want to have an eating disorder. You It co- goes back to some mental emotional scarring that happened in childhood that you just carried with you and you're carrying it with you. And there's triggers out there that are bringing it back up. And then you, your coping mechanism is your eating disorder. Um, so I had to kind of do some self digging on what, what was creating these triggers and you know where I would bring the eating disorder back into my life. So So
0: my understanding of exactly what you're talking about is is like that age range of like three to five right in there. So that must be why you do the mops. You like to work with those because you know that not only you can help and support the moms, but that age range is a huge influence on a person's entire life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I would say right around that five year old mm-hmm. five year old age where things start really, you know, that you're a sponge and things just really start soaking in and, and being part of your your long-term memory.
0: Right. Yeah. So things that happen in that age area, um, you know, oftentimes, like you said, it influence the rest of your life. And if something happens in that time frame that might develop into an eating disorder it's good to look at that, go back to that and possibly forgive or let things go. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Forgiveness is huge for forgiving other people and forgiving yourself. And so that are, those are some exercises that I do with my clients too. Um, and just thinking about how as moms, when you're talking to your kids, not just daughters, but predominantly daughters, um, you don't want to focus on their looks, their outer mm-hmm. looks. You want to focus on, um, you know, if they're, they're getting bigger, you're, they're getting stronger. They're these strong girls. They're, they're such kind-hearted. Don't get me wrong. I tell my daughter, oh, you're so, you're so pretty and you're so mm-hmm. cute and I love you and you're so You know, and then I, I stick with kind and caring, you know, the mm-hmm. internal things that really matter. <laughs> right. um, so, yeah. So we want to not always just focus on physical appearance and scrutinize things that don't really matter, like what they're wearing or, you know, who cares what they're wearing. I love that
0: you mentioned that because, you know, again, I work with adults and I always think or talk to them about how do you feel, you know, what are you feeling inside? And so at the level that I work with, um, it's all about feeling better and having more energy and feeling good. And I'm thinking you know, at a young age, if they're being told, oh, you're so pretty and, you know, the extrinsic stuff, the exterior stuff, um, too hyper-focused on that, um it would be kind of, you know, it is kind of interesting, you know, to think, talking to a child, to say, well, how do you feel today? Do you have energy today? This food is, you know, providing energy for you. Maybe that's just another concept that needs to be adopted or thought about. um You know, I, I look back as, when my kids were at that age, of course, they're, they're much older now. Uh, they're 17 and 20. So I'm thinking, man, what did I say to my kids when they were <laughs> three and five? Like, I don't even remember what I said to them. But, uh, you know, I got to think on that. and Maybe ask them, you know, what did, what you know, it's like we don't, we're not given a manual of how to raise right. our kids. So, uh, but it is really important to take a step back and think about. But one of the things that I noticed too when working with adults like I do, uh, a lot of times I I mostly work with moms and the moms usually will say, once they get into my program and once I've worked with them for a couple of weeks, they'll usually tell me that they're cooking two separate meals every night. And what they're doing is, is they're cooking, you know, like macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets for their kids and their family. And then they're feeding themselves, you know, like a a small portion of protein and some veggies and maybe some berries. That's their meal, but they're not feeding their kids that. They're feeding their kids, you know, this boxed food, this processed food. And so I try to get them, and it it takes time. Um, Oftentimes when moms come to me and I start working with them, it's their desire to lose weight, feel better, have more energy and have that sexy body back or have their spouse look at them, you know, like they used to, used to look at them, but you know, they don't usually come to me and say, Hey, you know, I want to, you know, have my whole family eat healthy or sometimes that does come up, but they always shift to cooking two separate meals because they're, they're the ones that are making the choice to shift to a healthy lifestyle. And they don't want to do that to their family. But Honestly, here's how I did it. I slowly shifted my family into eating healthy. Meaning I would cook the lean proteins every night and I would have the veggies and then I would do just the box macaroni on the side. And they all served their own plates. Like I have never ever served their own foods except for when, you know, they couldn't when they were little. But right. uh, you know, I just shifted it just a little bit, you know, like half healthy and then one, one serving of something boxed or processed. And then they started asking me questions because my plate didn't have that macaroni and cheese on it. And so I was like, well, you know, it's, it's processed food. It doesn't make me feel good. It hurts my tummy. And so I, you know, really focused on the feelings inside instead of the, well, it makes me look fat. You know, I didn't talk about the extrinsic stuff. I talked about how it made me feel. And so slowly my kids and they were, you know, seven and nine. So they, you know, were curious and, but yet, you know, I continued to do that for about two years. And finally, I noticed that I'm starting to throw away more and more macaroni and cheese, for instance, and they weren't wanting the processed foods because they did shift to, hmm, this does hurt my stomach or, you know, mom looks great. And Mom's not eating these things or whatever. Now that's back back to, you know, the extrinsic, not the intrinsic, but um, it's just a shift, you know, um, shifting our, our way of eating, way of cooking for our family and having the foods available in the household that is healthy, I think.
1: Yep, absolutely. And, and I don't think there's definitely too many moms that I know who are on diets mm-hmm. um, and their kids are seeing that and, 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 yeah. and gearing it around mm-hmm. weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and while, yes, those particular people could stand to lose some weight it 's not about the it 's not about the health shift yeah. Um, so yeah i I completely agree that that we need to make sure that we 're modeling for our kids the reasons that we 're making these these shifts, and yes, the intrinsic about it, the internal feelings, the gut health the and and balance you know the macaroni and cheese you know i i serve my kids macaroni and cheese once every other week or so you know on a friday night when i know that my husband and i are gonna have like pizza or something you know like you can still have the those foods it's just kind of like an 80 20 type of idea and yeah my kids my kids have never been picky. So I guess I'm lucky in that um, they, we make one meal, <laughs> they eat it. They, and if they, you know, don't love it, they still too bad that, you know, they still eat it. So
0: but I'm lucky my kids are older. So if you don't like it, there's a kitchen, you know, but yeah. my, ki- my kids are not picky at all. But the bad part about it is, is they are so open to foods and they love food so much that it's like, Hey, let's go out to eat. Guess where they want to go. They want to go to sushi. They don't want to go to McDonald's. They don't want to go to pizza. They want to go get the $150 meal. And I'm like, ah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so there's a the downside to having not picky kids, <laughs> yeah. but we eat, we eat a lot. My kids, uh, you know, I just, I love this topic. I love that we're talking about, um, you know, the family dynamic and, and, and where we are in our country. And you're, I, I love the point that you made where the moms are on a diet and they can only picture, and I don't teach dieting. I teach a healthy lifestyle. And I actually had somebody tell me last week, they're like, I don't understand what that means. So it's like, well, a healthy lifestyle is not just the food you eat. It's the water. It's the stress level. It's the amount of sleep you get. It's the amount of um, stress that you have. Are you taking self-care actions every single day? Doing stuff for you. Are you putting yourself first, not in a selfish way, but there's just so much to it. in, in your environment too. Is it clean? Are you mold-free? Do you have natural products in your home? I mean, it's just so much deeper than just you know eating a certain way. It's it's it's. I don't teach dieting. Um, dieting is temporary. Dieting is. Uh, restrictive it's deprivation it's miserable and i can only imagine that these moms are saying things you know out loud to their 3 5 year 3 to 5 year old saying you know um, i can you know i'm not going to eat that because it's going to make me look fat well the kids are hearing that
1: yeah exactly yeah and i they hear it they take it in and while maybe a 9 year old won't change their eating right now Mm -hmm. um, some of them will, um, there are eating disorders out there as young as eight, nine years old that start starting then. Um, so some of them will internalize that and go and just take it and run with it. Um, and some of them, it'll take a few years for them to get into that social aspect, Mm -hmm. which is, is harder these days, you know, with all the social media, you know, when we were younger, like it was just billboards and magazines, but now it's like, Everywhere, and so it's really hard. And and I, um, it seems like it's one extreme or another. Like either they're obese kids because o- childhood obesity is so ho- up too. You know, it's it's yeah. really prevalent around the United States. And then, or else you know, anorexia. It's like let's just teach healthy and balanced, and not um, put so much focus on food, but food as a, as a fuel, not as a, yeah. as a tool to, wow, well, I just rhymed <laughs> food as a fuel, not as a tool, um, for, for emotions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I teach my clients too, is to, um, don't use food as a reward. Don't use food to, um, you know, take, take off from a bad day, let's say, you know, you have a bad day at work, or you have, you know, something happens, and then you just want to go eat a tub of ice cream, you know, um, find something else, go do a jigsaw puzzle, go to the gym and run on the treadmill and take it out on that treadmill, Um, or just go for a walk, or go take a bath, or, you know, there's just such a huge list of things that you can do to wash away the stress of the day that's, doesn't have to do with food and I can only imagine moms again you know saying oh I had a terrible day oh my gosh I'm gonna drink a glass of wine um you know that's not showing a good representation either um but yeah I mean it, it's so funny you know you think like I said earlier you know I have, I gotta look back at how I raised my kids and <laughs> I mean I'm really lucky my girls are amazing they're incredible they're um yeah they just they're extremely strong and terribly curious, and uh, you know they go to the gym with me and work out with me and I've had moms come up to me in the locker room and say, "How did you do that? How did you get your kids to come work out with you?" And you know my story is is they're like butterflies. I tell you what you know when they first started, they were tapping on my shoulder and curious and but every time I'd reach over and say, "No, don't do it like that, do it like this," and boof, they're like a butterfly, and they fly away, you know so. It's just being a great example and keeping the door open and saying, Hey, I'm going to the gym. Anybody want to go with me? And for 18 months, or maybe even a little bit longer, they said, you know, no, you know, uh, weren't interested. But you know, about year two-ish or a little under, they started coming around. You know, they started coming with me and then they were acting curious and showing me stuff on Instagram. Hey, can we try this? And um, so it, it is interesting and, and I don't know how I did it, but I'm, I'm really lucky. I um, yeah. have some incredible children and, um, but yeah, very good.
1: Yeah. The, um, the point that you made about your clients who, you know, the going to grab a tub of ice cream rather than go for a walk or whatever, that's usually, um, that having a bad day or, you know, those kinds of things, those are the triggers that, um if they can't not go get the the tub of ice cream or the bag of chips or whatever it might be. That that is where you can kind of see, okay, you have some more you have more issues than just Mm self-control. It's it's stemming from something deeper. Um so those those are the people who who need a little more help. Mm -hmm. Um and that's that's kind of where I've been able to step in with several people in the binge eating side of things um kind of get to the bottom of that so how do how does
0: somebody get a hold of you that's you know yeah so i suffering <laughs> yeah
1: well i do have a facebook page recovered hearts um facebook page and um i'm gonna i also have a website so and we'll, we'll put i can we put those in the le- in the comments or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah those. So, so it's www.recoveredhearts.com. Pretty okay. simple. Um, and then on that website, there'll be um, my phone number and my email just to start a conversation. My, my true um, desire is just to meet people right where they're at, um, have a conversation and see if we would be a good fit to, have to continue, um, you know, further, further coaching.
0: Beautiful. And you'll yeah. work with anybody anywhere in the country, right? Because you're you're yep. going to talk to them on Zoom or just on the phone or whatever way they prefer, I'm assuming.
1: Yep, exactly. Um, I've done a lot of Zoom, a lot of Zooming, but some people prefer <laughs> a phone call, and that's fine too. Yeah. I like the face-to-face like this. So yeah. Right,
0: right. But you're open to either.
1: Yes. Yeah. Whichever yeah. they prefer.
0: Yeah. Because especially if they're you know, ashamed or, or afraid or whatever, maybe they, you know, would prefer just a phone call. I know my clients are the same way, you know, each one likes to communicate differently. And so I try to be somewhat flexible. Um, I do like phone calls just because then that allows me to work in my pajamas.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, I definitely have done zoom calls in my, in sweatshirts and stuff yeah. <laughs> it's all about comfort. So um, yeah, but I, yeah that's, I'm excited to, to see if I can help anyone from anywhere around the United States.
0: Well, you have a huge heart and I love that you're so authentic. I love that you're putting your story out there because you are relatable. And, um, you know, I hope that this video helps more than one person and I know it will. I know that they're going to reach out to you and come out of the silence and and get your help. And and you just, yeah, I met you a while back and I've just enjoyed every moment that we've spent together. So yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you.
1: yeah so. I, I just want people to know it's not a life sentence. It feels like it. I know it feels like it, but it's not. Mm-hmm. So there so. you go.
0: Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Allison, for doing this podcast with me and uh, maybe we'll do more in the future. I think this is great. This is an awesome topic that, you know, really, we need to get it out there. We need to talk more about it. We, we talked about a lot of different aspects, you know, that it does cross over on to, you know, the people that I work with as well. You know, I usually work with mostly moms and uh, that are stressed out, overwhelmed and trying to figure it all out, but yet don't feel good, don't have energy. And so I feel like we're really aligned with one another. And, and if I come across somebody that's, you know, dealing with the the more the eating disorder area, then I definitely will involve you. So thank you so thank you. much.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Okay. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye.